Oh, we're a little livelier today. We'll definitely find what we're looking for at some point here. Welcome back to Buddy's Booze Banter, Unfiltered Conversations. I am Rick. And I'm Michael. We also have, of course, our producer here with us, Alex. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for being here. We appreciate you all joining us, or at least listening to us today. Um, I'm going to try to try to do a little bit different here, Mike. You know how I typically like to jump into some controversies? Because that's know? your personality. Well, th- well, I don't want to say it's my personality, but obviously I like to stir it up a little bit. Alex, who yes. do you agree with? Is that his personality? Man, he loves the poke the bear. He poke, does. Poke. Well, it, it, it gives good, honest debate. But let's kind of go with the do feel, uh, feel good thing that you actually uh, brought up the other day. Oh, I do. I got a good feel, uh, feel good story, and this involves my brother, which my, I love. He, I mean, Pat's awesome. My brother started. Uh, he coaches girls' high school softball, and he actually started it later in life. It wasn't something he just he just start uh, started doing. It's just something that his daughter started playing softball, and he got into kind of like helping coaching her or whatever, and then decided he was going to go back, get his degree, and get into coaching. Now, but he got his degree in education, though, doesn't it? Well, yeah. Well, I think it's an important point because you have about. to be at a school, right? But that's important. It's a high to talk school, about. but it's an important thing to talk about because it's not just about the the sport aspects of it, but his education as right. well. Right. So he had to go back get his education so he could basically teach or coach in high school, and I mean he did it later in life, and uh, usually when you uh, when he finally went back graduate got his graduation, he then was looking for jobs. Well, typically, you do not get a head coaching job, your first job out of starting coaching. Right. Well, well, especially in competitive Texas. Yes. and But luckily, the stars were aligned or whatever. The, the school that my, my two nieces, his two daughters, were going to was a Hallsville. They had an opening. Oh, East Texas. East Texas. Okay. They had, they had an opening for a, a softball coach, head coach. And was he living in Marshall at the time? Or he was something? living at Marshall, okay. but, the, but they were moving to they were they were going to be moving to Hallsville. Nice. And so then, ultimately, he interviewed for it, and he got the job. He got the not the assistant. He got the head coaching job, his first job out. That must have been a great interview. Yeah, it was, or <laughs> you knew, or knowing the right people or whatever. Yeah. So his first season. They did not make the playoffs. They missed. They missed the playoffs by one one spot or whatever. But ever since that, and this was like 19 years ago, right? He has made the playoffs every year since. Well, just this the short period that I've known him a couple of years. I mean, it's just impressive his record. And then in because uh, Hallsville was he, he he was he was there for his first 11 years, and I think it. So was, he I didn't know he coached for 11 years at Hallsville. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. As a matter of fact, he coached both, both his daughters played for him. Yeah, I remember him telling me that, yeah. And I can't I cannot remember the exact year, but he did take Hallsville to the final four. And the and the and the, and the final four is in the Austin, Texas, where they have the final four playing there or whatever, and he won the region two and took took uh, east took him to the and of course we know here in texas any type of like this type of sport is so competitive i mean especially high school and whether it's football whether it's softball whether it's baseball i mean it's hugely competitive in texas but it's also east texas teams do not get normally make okay to the final four gotcha it's like somebody from dallas will take over or whatever yeah. stuff like that so, more money so then i mean he was there he was in the playoffs they won i think they won i think he's won district almost 
ever ever since then, I think they've won district every every time except once or whatever. And then eventually, his dream job was always being at Forney. What was that about, though? I mean, what what drove him to be at Forney? Because he because he grew up in Dallas, mm-hmm. and Forney was clo- very close. It's very close to Dallas. Right. Was, you're there. You're there in twenty minutes or whatever. But you still got the the sm- uh, small class kind of yeah. town or whatever. Well, and that city is just. Booming. And plus, they always had great teams. And actually, there was one year in the playoffs in the early rounds where Forney. I can remember Forney and Hallsville played. And they were like ranked three and four in the state. Cool. So Forney had always had a competitive uh, uh, softball team. Well, about six, seven, eight, nine years ago, my brother, uh, my brother was ready to uh, to leave Hallsville, and the Forney job opened up. Wow. And he interviewed it. And matter so of the fact, stars were aligned again. Yep. And then he also was in, he also interviewed at Prosper and got offered the Prosper. But held off because he thought he was going to get the Forney job. Well, and, and I mean, are we talking about the multi-million-dollar Prosper High School? Yes. Wow. I mean, for him to make that decision was was a big one because obviously you're walking into an incredible stadium, incredible funds, all that up in Prosper. True, but you but he but it was his dream job. Yeah. And plus, at that time, when you got a big growing school or whatever, got big expectations. Who knows or whatever. So. His first year coaching, and matter of fact, his wife is his assistant coach. Well, that's kind of like an interesting story in itself as well, because you know they're all into the sports, they're all into some some coaching, you know, and education in some in some form. But she's also got a new position this year too. Yeah, but so where so where I kind of got involved in when they when they decided they were going to move to Forney, they were going to have a house built, mm-hmm. and so then. They uh, so then the house wasn't going to be ready for a good while, and so they actually lived at my house. That's for about when all nine the bonding months. really happened. That that did, and so then it's like their first season. It was just like all right after the games, hearing all the talk. After I I enjoyed that after being in my house and all that stuff is because I live alone, but then having a house full or whatever, it was just awesome yeah. talking about talking about all this. Well, his first year, they ended up they won district. They were uh, they made it all the way to the regional finals, one short of the final four. First year. First year. Straight out the bat. Straight. And they almost they almost made it, except there was a tragedy that yeah. year. That's the year when uh, during the playoffs, one of the girls actually that softball players got run over. They had a team dinner, got run over by another player, then ultimately wow. died. My gosh. And so it was, I mean, it was so, it was devastating or whatever. And then it's just like, should the girls play or not or whatever? And they were playing. So it was like, it was actually, but we started with play for We still memorialized her every year though. And so, I mean, all the girls were doing everything they could. They won that. They ended up winning that round. They went, run the next round. And then in the regional finals, they is the best two out of three. They won the first game and then they, and then they lost the second one. And then just fell apart on the third game yeah. or whatever. Well, a lot of pressure, you know, emotionally what they were going through. So it there's was. no doubt. Well, so then the next year, it was play for him. That was the status or whatever. They ended up making it all the way, won the regionals, and went to the state and won state. That's incredible. Second and it was year. actually the first state 
t- a title for the whole school of Forney in any sport. Yeah. They have never won a title in any sport except now they've got a softball title. And it was played it was played for him and it was just ever it was just a magical season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you look at Especially even coming off of the tragedy. Yes. And so they I mean, they ended up they they won it and then uh actually Emily, who's the one that passed away, she had a twin sister that played on the team. Oh my gosh. And then after they after they won the title, when the, the next day when they were back in Forney uh, they were uh, uh, they went to Emily's grade, the whole team or whatever, and put a trophy up. What there a great for tribute it. to her! Yeah, next year they made it to the state tournament again, did not make it, and then the following year they were ranked number one in the state, and then COVID hit. Oh yeah, that, that changed everything. Yeah, so all in all, you look at this, it's like for somebody that started coaching, I, I laid out a life. And now he's been there for, he's done softball for 19 years. Yeah. He's got a state title. He also got uh, the AP uh, Coach of the Year that year. Yeah. And they're going, I mean, going strong and everything else is and doing what he loves. Well, that's the other thing about it is he's so passionate about it. You know, obviously he gets upset sometimes when the girls aren't playing properly. Um, and, and he is like, well, you know, I, I'm going to really give it to him afterwards. But, I mean, he's so passionate about what he does. But I also see the other side where he's given that fatherly, like, advice to them during the entire process. I mean, I'm impressed with, you know, obviously his record, but I'm also impressed on how he humanizes it. Well, his record is 521 wins, 127 losses, and 11 ties. You can't complain about that record. No. I think most coaches out there would love to have that record. No, they would. I mean, and it's it's just you can do whatever you want. I mean, yeah. when my dad was alive and all my stuff, uh, he kept telling Pat, "With your coaching record, you could go anywhere and do anything you wanted, or whatever." I think he could too, as well. But I mean, obviously, it's whether or not he wants to, right? You know, so it comes down to them. Well, there's no doubt that you know we can definitely praise Pat. I mean, he's a great guy. I mean, I love spending time with him. And uh, I'm glad you spent this opportunity to kind of like recognize, you know, his not only his record, but him as your brother, because that's hugely important. But you also got to give co- uh, kudos to his wife, Michelle. Well, that's a whole nother, another well, another know, another but, show. But basically, <laughs> she's been the best assistant that he's ever had, and they, I mean, you would think that they would. I conflict, think I, I think, they don't. I think I'd up, up, one up you on that one. She's been the best partner he's ever had. Well, that's true too. You know, I mean, in and all I would say aspects of life, too. in all aspects of life, whether it be professional or personal. So, well, I mean, great to you know hear about Pat and all his successes. But I know you have a little bit of a controversy you want to talk about as well. Well, I definitely. Uh, for people that don't know, I have season tickets for the Dallas Mavs and the Dallas Stars. So I've and I've had this for twenty one years or whatever. So I, I go twenty three, well, twenty one, twenty two. I, I don't know. You lose track. Mm. Whatever. But so I, so I go to a lot of games, and just this past week, there's now a controversy uh, bubbling up into the NBA because ultimately when, they, when the, they decided their new arrangements, the players and the owners, there was this rule called, uh, what was it, rule, whatever the rule is, it's rule 65, where to, for, to win any of the awards – like most valuable player, defensive right. player, all this other stuff is. You over have, the entire season. Over the entire season, with the end of the years, when you do all that stuff is, you have to play 65 games. 
which means I hope you don't get hurt. <laughs> which means you can only miss seventeen games. What prompted this rule? Well, th- what prompted the rule was is because ultimately now with the players having all their big money and all that stuff right. is. They basically sometimes get tired and say, I don't want to play a game. Yeah, but they've always had that money for you know decades now. No, but the players the, the players now are different than what the players were back in the older days. Or whatever. They played I, all the games. But if I was Jason Kidd and I'm sitting here coaching this team, I mean, and I see one of my players who's a star player and he's getting fatigued or something along those lines, I may want to bring him out for a game or two. A game or two is fine. But over a season, to make sure that Seven, their strength I mean, is still there, I mean, come still, on. But no, but it's just like, but you have a lot of pe- fans that have paid good money to see these good games. So what's what's the take from the fans? I mean, I mean, I hear what you're going I'm, on your I, side. I'm telling you right now, is there, I've been to several games so far this season where several of the stars have been hurt been out and it might well, be, it no, might you, be, you, be ju- you, yeah, injury you, and you just missed that word no i know but injured. no they're, they're they could be injured but i but i can just tell you they play totally different and i see a bunch of losses now now granted i get it if you're injured or whatever but there's there's a lot of players it's just oh i'm tired i hurt my ankle well i will say uh, this about not necessarily this season because obviously i've seen a significant difference in one particular player that I won't mention, but last season it was like a big old baby mm-hmm. and um, a huge improvement this year in regards to not just being a team player, but, you know, basically, you know, showing a complete support. But, and so, so now you got players that are these good players that are now looking at that they can like, they're like, they've already missed 12 games. So the, they can only miss like five more the rest of the season. They're saying, no, oh, this is a bad rule. This is a yeah. bad rule. And then you have some of these older players. It's like, they said is they're just being crybabies. It's just well, like play. Yeah. I mean, I guess if, it, if 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 you say how it's going to impact their monetary gain, maybe that's the case, or just overall recognition. I'm not sure exactly why they'd be pushing back on it, especially because, if, if, because, especially if they already have the big money. Well, but then also you get there's more incentives. If you're like MVP and you win these awards, you get more money as a player. So it's it's a monetary thing. Yeah. Is what you're saying. Okay, so, I get that. I so, mean, I know you get more, you know, sponsorships and commercial deals and things of that sort as well. That's not necessarily related to playing the game and more money. But I mean, but the key is ultimately you got everybody's paying a lot of money to come to these games, and I get it if a player's hurt and all the other stuff is. But basically, it, the the system was being abused, mm-hmm. and you had players that would just set. I mean, be I don't want to play today or whatever, and all this other stuff is, and it's just like. But when you look at the roster, um, a lot of them have that core roster that really are always made. They're starting and all that, um, and they're actually on the court for the most of the game. Everybody else, I mean, are, are, if they're sitting on the bench, are they still classified as part yeah. of the game? Okay. Yeah. No, anybody that's on the bench is, 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 is it's, there. Is, is, as long as they're actually classified to play for the day. Yes. And not, you know, injured or something along those lines. Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I don't think anybody who's actually you know lower down on the actual roster is is able to get the MVP. But at least I know that they're not being zinged for it because obviously the, the big players are out there. I mean, when you had Michael Jordan playing, it's like he played almost 80, 82 yeah. games a season. He might, if not, yeah. he was in the upper seventies. Uh, but let's, or let's be honest, that's a different work ethic than a different time. There's no doubt that entire kind of like. Star. So, are you players. saying where everybody's getting more entitled later in life? Absolutely. Now? I think I definitely think that's the case. Well, I, I, I agree I, with I, it. I don't, I don't think it's just you know 
I, th- I think it's a generational thing, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, it's, it's, it's clear that, you know, you see a generation of, of basketball players that are changing, and I think they are getting titled because, I mean, they like all these, the money and the, and the recognition and all that stuff. But, I mean, it's, it's you know, one here, one there. It just depends on no, how I get you feel. It. I, I get it. But it's I'm just not like, either way. I mean, obviously, I love to watch the games, but I'm not either way on that. But it's just like going to the Mavs games when I don't see the stars in – it, I mean, it basically affects the atmosphere in the, in the stadium or whatever. But it's like I'm still paying the same amount whether they're there or not. So it's like they should be there. Yeah, I mean, the last game that we were at a couple of days ago was, I mean, it was it was a nail-biter to the end. Yes. It really was. You know, I mean, and we, we really, at the first quarter, we just pulled it out like crazy. I mean, it was just Luca, you know, Luca World was on. You know, there is no doubt about it. And then, of course, it crashed at the third quarter. But, I mean... Um, it was good to watch. It was entertaining. Mm-hmm. There is no doubt about it. That's for sure. So, well, we'll see how that actually continues to pan out. Is it something that it's actually solidified in the rules? No, it is. It okay. was. It was agreed upon on their last agreement or whatever between the players gotcha. and the owners. So that's what the rules are, and that's well. what's going to happen. And that's why you get a lot. You're getting a lot of cry baby here and now, and it's just like. I'm sorry, I don't feel for you. Let's see if everybody gets as injured as they are or have in the past when they're pretending. You know, I just want to rest. Or just like I'm done for the day. Yep. Yeah, we'll see. But now happens. you got now you got players that are looking at it. How many games have I already missed? And I could only miss this amount well, of money. It, it's not grandfathered in. It, it's like even though we're already into the season. It's no, it hit. was at the start at the beginning of the okay. season. Okay, gotcha. I mean, gotcha. It, it, this is the first year that this has come in place because they they did their new agreement at the end of last year. But there has to be some sort of exception specifically to injuries, isn't there? No, I don't think so. I'd be interested. There might. I'd, I'd be I, interested I to see I'd, that because I'd, that I'd, is not something that the pre, the players are ne- especially if if the you know the, the the team doctor and the physicians have all said that that's a legitimate injury. But that's they're that's not. And I'm not control. sure on that is. But my thing is is like you have to play if you want one of these major awards or whatever. You have to play 65 games. I mean, I've been looking at somebody who was actually seriously injured and was out maybe for a couple of weeks, um, which actually was that you know 17 games plus. But then well, comes back. Play, I mean, but, if you're but, out two, if you're out two weeks, well, that's, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, whatever the time period is, let's okay. say they get out more than 17 games and they come back and they just kick ass. I mean, and literally they should be the MVP, but just oh my sorry, there's one or two games that you did not qualify for, so oh, you're not. I just don't, I don't know. I mean, it just seems very um, interesting how that's going to play again, out. Again, you could talk about that as, but I look at this as you got players that are just kind of lily dallying with this, and it's just like play if you're injured i get that and if and if you missed it because of injuries i feel bad for you well let's see if the landscape changes on who actually gets mvp then it will it'll be interesting to see that well but let's kind of like kind of change up the the little path here and go a little bit more um not necessarily sports related but definitely something you know you might say that there's a lot of uh, competitive sports that does actually happen you know obviously we just had the grammys this last weekend which um i don't know if i I know you didn't watch because you had to catch up on your rupaul i did um obviously i did watch it i've seen i saw oh i i kind of switched back and forth but did not watch that much but i heard it was really good it was because you know from our generation we actually saw some of the actual stars being recognized not just you know in you know uh their their skills and, and, and their history and all that but actually on the stage i mean tracy chapman you know uh, billy joel you two um recognizing tina turner you know um uh, tony bennett all these individuals that have really kind of paved the path for so many of these stars mm-hmm. they really were being recognized i have to say that you know in all the years that i've watched the grammys this is probably one of the better ones 
simply because it wasn't, you know, peppered with just pop or hip hop or kind of all these crazy, you know, antics that some of the actual musical stars get up to. Um, but there are a couple of outtakes that I was I really kind of loved. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, Luke Holmes and Tracy Chapman. I mean, it was kind of uh, I'm sitting there watching. Of course, he went through this kind of bio of why he loved that song. Um, and it's something he loved as a kid, you know, and I kept thinking to myself, is she going to be on stage? I mean, is this the direction we're going in? And this is a woman who walked away from the entertainment field in like 2008, 2009 after like eight or nine records and has been really just under the radar, you know, um, and just to see them both up there singing this song, you know, which obviously was ultimately her favorite, you know, most famous song out there. Um, you, you see it on TikTok, you see it on all the uh, social medias, Instagram, things of that sort. I mean, people of our generation were brought to tears because of it, because there was something significant about that 1988 song, mm-hmm. number one. But number two, what I'm impressed with is that this generation is getting to experience it in a different way, you know, with Luke Combs coming out there and singing it and actually winning it last year at the Country Music Awards. I mean, I just think it's fantastic. So um, the one thing that I also thought was kind of, uh, well, two things that she did uh, was Miley Cyrus. I mean, you have to love and hate her in the same same whole thing because that girl is who she is, and she the, she's not going to apologize. And for she it. did win an award, didn't she? She won two. Two? She won two. The interesting thing about this is as long as she's been in the industry, this was her first Grammy ever. And let me tell you, yeah, she was giddy I think as I hell. Heard, I, heard, I think I heard that. It was her first. Yeah, she was giddy as hell. And let me tell you, she deserved every bit of it. And, you know, a lot of people are kind of like, well, wow, she's being a little bit silly. Who gives a damn? I mean, didn't she make the comment? I, like I said, I, I was flipping back and forth. I think I saw, I might have saw this when she was doing her award. When she was getting ready to leave, she said, "I'm wearing no underwear." She's no. She indicated that she may have forgotten her underwear. Again, she's always a controversy. She likes to kind of stir it up as well, you know, as you indicated to me. So, I mean, I got to give it to her. I yes. mean, I, I mean, first of all, she's she's an <coughs> incredible voice. I mean, there is no doubt about it. incredible voice. Um, there was a little bit of a controversy about her, and I don't know if a lot of people recognize that, you know, and, you know, when she got the second award and she got up there and she thanked people, you know, there's one person she didn't thank. Who? Her father. Billy Ray Cyrus. Yes. Achy breaky. Yeah. Apparently, apparently they are estranged. Wow. And apparently. I mean, and they were super close. They were because they were on what Hannah was it Hannah Montana? Hannah Montana, yeah, yeah. Um, but apparently, um, <laughs> he's was dating somebody who was younger than her and has married her and has kind of like significantly changed. So um, he, she obviously bad. recognizes her mother and you know her her sisters and things of that sort. But I I didn't know the estrangement was there. Um, until I actually got on there and Googled it because I said, wait a minute, she didn't mention Billy Ray. What the hell's up with that? You know, I thought they were pretty close. I just thought that was interesting. But I will say this. The the one that I really want to talk about, I mean, I was, I mean, I was impressed with Let all Let me guess. <laughs> you know, well, well, not just that one. But, I mean. Oh, you got another one? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like I'm on the fence specifically on this one. And that was Fantasia's kind of like, you know, Proud Mary um, specifically on Tina Turner's and I did not see that. memorial. Um, obviously, you know Tina Turner's CD was the very first one I ever bought in my entire life. So I mean, she was she was she was something that I just like loved to death. That we you know nineteen and I've only done drag one time and it was Tina Turner and it was Tina Turner. <laughs> yeah, and I, I did own... that at a work function. 
Well, that's kind of interesting. Enough. I know. That's probably that's another, a, that's that's probably an, another that's story. That's another story. Definitely another story. There's no doubt about it. Um, the, the thing about Fantasia, you know, she was obviously an American Idol. You know, she didn't win the American Idol, but... No, Fantasia won. Did she win? She won. Well, there's been some controversies over the time period since she won. won. You know, I mean, obviously she's um, said some, you know, derogatory remarks about the LGBTQ community, um, and, you know, supposedly she was almost homeless and living in her car. Um, and I really do think that, you know, from the perspective of what Oprah has done from her with the Color Purple musical mm-hmm. has brought her back into it. Now, no, she's a phenomenal singer. There's no doubt about it. Totally. Um, and I, I'm, I'm still kind of on the fence whether or not I thought that she did Tina Turner justice, just because one thing that I always have a problem specifically with somebody who's memorializing somebody uh, especially if I really care about that individual, is they try to mimic them. And, you know, I, I get that you want to try to reach that level of their voice, but, you know, you don't need to try to do their facial expressions or shake your ass like she did. I mean, because let me just tell you something. Nobody could actually move like Tina Turner. <laughs> Not at all. So, I mean, I mean, it was a very robust and, you know, excitable uh, presentation and, and memorial like that. Um, I just don't think it's uh, what everybody's saying is the best out there. Now, that may be controversial. So be it. You know, but that is my own personal opinion because it's unfiltered. But you um, know what just popped in my head? We talked about Tina Turner and people acting and trying to be Tina Turner. It just popped in my head. Did you ever see the movie Miss Congeniality 2? I'm pretty sure I did. It had uh, Sandra Bullock. Yeah. And I can't remember the other her partner or whatever. But there was a thing where they were in a drag show. And they were doing a Tina, all that stuff. And you had a bunch of people did the Tinas. And yeah. That just popped in my head. So. Well, I mean, she's always been impersonated. But it's one thing to be impersonated, whether it be a drag queen who does it or somebody like yourself who did it as a work event. But when you're memorializing her oh, on yeah. a, an international stage of the Grammys and you're trying to mimic certain aspects of her body language and all that, I mean, I, I just didn't think it, uh, Fantasia should have been herself. Well, and memorialize her from that perspective. That's all I'm saying there. Okay. Yeah. But the other one that I really want to talk about, because obviously it goes hand in hand to NFL. Yeah, we know we're going to talk about this one. It's Taylor Swift. As you know, I mean, I, I'm not a Swifty. I keep saying this because I'm well, not. I'm not. I'm definitely not. Yeah. Um, but but I, it's like more power to her. But I continue to have abramation, abramation grow for her every single week, especially as this controversy continues to grow. I've been to her show. It's really good. Well, I hear she's a phenomenal entertainer. Yeah, it's really good. I you went know. to the... Um, I would love to see it. I can't afford to pay for it, but I would love to see it just simply because I want to see her entertainment. Well, because she came to Jerry uh, Jerry World here. Yeah, well, yeah. She, so I yeah, not this tour, but the previous one I saw at Jerry World. It was pretty cool. And, and that was pretty cool, but apparently Eros is even better. Yeah. Which is, you know, three hours straight that she's up there performing... And multiple costume changes. I mean, even dive into what appears to be all pool water and things of that sort. I mean, there's no doubt she's an incredible performer. No, I give her that. I'm just, I, it's just, just, it's not my thing. Well, that's okay. You know, I mean, yes, she's on my playlist for a couple of those songs. You know, I mean, some of the ones that are more kind of like catchy that you, you know, which is, I guess, common for somebody of my age. But, you know, obviously she walks into this already, you know, the Grammys um, with a controversy simply because of her boyfriend. Oh, yeah. my God. Now, obviously, Travis wasn't there. Because he wasn't there because if he was there, there would have been a controversy about him not taking the Super Bowl. Correct, correct. You know, but she was also, which most of the individuals who are of her level of A-star listers, late. 
you know, so Noah, you know, Trevor had already began his kind of like opening monologue and all that. And, um, and I kept saying, it's like, when is he going to mention Taylor? Because he went through the entire room and so he mentioned everybody and everybody, you know, and he, and then all of a sudden, literally as he was mentioning her, she's being escorted in. I mean, literally almost five <laughs> minutes into his monologue. Uh, I, I'm sure it was pretty I'm sure it's probably planned. It was programmed and all that. And it was really cool. You know, and the thing about Taylor specifically, you know, um, during programs like this, and I've seen it in all musical programs that, you know, award socials she's in, she's always up there rooting for everybody, dancing for mm-hmm. them. I mean, there, there could be the entire audience sitting down and she'll be the only one up there dancing, you know, dancing with the, singing mm-hmm. and lip syncing the words and all that. And she pretty much did that the entire um, show. Um, and, and I'm pretty sure if, you know, the other stuff that came out, today politically that she would be at the top of the list you know on on just basically the rights heads imploding specifically because she broke a record four right yeah i mean she is the only artist in history who has actually won album of the year four times now i mean let's talk about the roster of those who are behind her meaning individuals who were tied for that record of three with her and that included frank sinatra mm-hmm Stevie Wonder and Paul Simon. And now she has surpassed them in that many awards. You know, and a lot of people are saying already that it was fixed, just like the NFL's, you know, Super Bowl is fixed because of who she is. And it's a PSYOP operation with the Pentagon and, you know, Biden, all that. Um, I think she deserved it, though. I think she deserved it. I I won't say it's fixed, but I will just tell you it's because of the, I believe it's probably because of the talent. Yeah. Because, I mean, she's a great talent. Don't yeah. get me wrong or whatever. But back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever, there was a lot of bit great talent. Well, the problem, There is not the as problem, much talent now that there was back then. Well, there's then. obviously a lot of technology that improves their talent. There's no doubt about it. But what I will say, also, the technology allowing us to have real-time experiences with these performers is what probably creates that kind of like instantaneously they're fantastic because back in the heydays or my my heydays or whatever there were so many artists and all that stuff is you just go oh my god oh my god nowadays now granted i'm older and i'm not paying attention but you don't have the people that have the stain power like they did before or whatever no there's no doubt no doubt so it's so to me is it's like if you're really 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 good it's easier now to win more awards than you did back then yeah, definitely so. Well, I mean, I just thought it was great. I mean, I'm proud that she won that. She's obviously over in Japan right now doing a set of four shows back to back. But I bet I know, I don't know she'll how be she's going to get to the Super Bowl. No, oh, I no, bet well, she will well, be there next Sunday. It's, it's yeah, kind of that's not the problem. The, there's no parking. There's no parking for planes. But apparently, there is something that they've got to set, set up specifically for her. The interesting thing about it is this isn't just a you know NFL Taylor Swift U.S. thing. The embassy of Japan came out and said she actually, based upon when her last concert is and she can get in the plane, it's 17 hours difference or 14 hours different, whatever it is, 14 hours flight or what, she can get there in time. So oh, the, yeah. the, even the embassy of Japan is getting involved simply because, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a great thing to be involved in. And there's one last thing I want to say before we kind of wrap this particular uh, episode of it. But then I have one question before you wrap it up. Okay. Um, you know, the commissioner came out the last couple of days of the NFL, and he basically blew this whole bullshit conspiracy out of the water and saying 
there's not. I mean, you, you've got to give credit to the teams because they obviously played their best. And, you know, if they're in the in the Super Bowl, they, they won their playoffs, they're deserving of that. And it has absolutely nothing to do with Taylor Swift, you know. Um, now, do I think that NFL are playing off that whole of kind of thing? Absolutely. They want it because it's going to get more fans, more p- ratings, everything It's else. going to get a f- demographic they probably haven't seen before. I know. Because typically, you know, most of the demographic they're looking at is, you know, middle-aged, older men. So, But my question to the group here is, how many times do you think we're going to see Taylor on screen or on, uh, during the Super well, Bowl? You know, that's an interesting question. And, and I really can't, you know, gauge what it is simply because it's going to be the network who kind of controls well, that. Well, it does. But you, I'm just asking because ultimately my thing is, is as, lo- as long as Kansas City is doing well and they win it, we're going to see here at least five or six well, times. I think, I think that even if they're not doing well, you're going to see it because they, they're no. all about facial expressions. Yeah, but no, but it's just like, no. It's, no, no, it, it's being controlled again, not by the NFL, but by the network. No, I know, but I And you like, know they're you know, all about selling damn, damn games and commercials. But you're going to, no, it's like it's going to be, they're going to be wanting to sell excitement and all that stuff is, and they're going to not going to want to do that or whatever. But if the Kansas City wins and they're doing well, you're going to see her like six or seven times on the screen. Well, there's no Alex, problem. what do you think? Um, yeah, I think so. I hope so. Honestly, I'm I'm the general population where man, I, this is a show. I'm, I'm excited to see see all of it. And you're going to be in Vegas. I'm going to be in but Vegas. But not going to be at the game. Nope, but you're going to be, be there. across the street. Yeah, you'll be actually <laughs> wrapping up here and then heading out at 7 a.m. this uh, next morning. Yep. You know, I God mean, willing, I don't miss my flight. Yeah, I've never I mean, it depends on how much you have tonight. Cocktails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 He's only on this first. Yeah, I'm on my first. Well, naturally, we have a ton of stuff others that we could be talking about, and we will, of you course, know, on our next episode because there was so much that actually came out today. Which everybody, just so you know, it's Tuesday, February sixth. But I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But I definitely want to thank everybody for listening to us today on Buddies, Booze, Banter's Unfiltered Conversations. I am Rick. I'm Michael. Uh, I'm Alex. <laughs> and we will see you next time. All right. Did you did